Let's say hello to Alexandra. Alexandra is like some of us. She is struggling with limerence. She admits that she has never been in a proper serious relationship and has always had intense obsessive crushes on men around her. Be it colleagues at her workplace, celebrities on TV, she cries when she finds out that they are attached. And Alexandra is always on social media. Okay, she's stalking them, she's collecting pictures and videos, she's analyzing their behavior and taking note of their whereabouts. She has vivid fantasies and daydreams about them frequently. And there's also something else. These perpetual emotional roller coaster that she feels like she's on every single day. Okay, so sometimes she experiences one of these emotions, sometimes two, sometimes even more. And my question to you is, do you feel these emotions too? Okay, there's nine emotions that are so commonly seen in limerence. So let's talk about each in detail. Starting with anxiety. Okay, um, anxiety is actually the most commonplace emotion in limerence. It happens when your limerent object doesn't reciprocate your feelings or you are actually anticipating a sort of interaction with them. Okay, and this actually brings up anxiety. Um, and this is the most important, but most limerents already have an anxious avoidant or anxious attachment style. Okay, and I talk more about attachment styles in my workshop and in my workbook, which I will link to below. The second emotion is sadness. Okay, really common as well when a limerent actually realizes that they can never be with their limerent object. Okay, or they actually have this, you know, subconscious sort of feeling like they can never find the love that they want. Then there's hopelessness, which tends to occur with sadness where you realize you can never be with a limerent object, perhaps because they are a celebrity or perhaps even, you know, having this sense again that being in love is a very elusive thing for them. Guilt is the next um, emotion. So feeling guilty for wasting their own time, pining after someone who perhaps doesn't even know them or doesn't even reciprocate the feeling, or feeling guilty when they end up falling for someone other than a limerent object. Okay, this sounds really weird, but um, I've experienced this before as a former limerent person. Okay, so there's this deep sense of like betrayal when you find yourself actually liking someone than your usual typical limerent object. Another source of guilt is when you actually find yourself falling for your limerent object or being limerent for someone whilst you are attached or married to someone else. Then there's also loneliness. A common feeling with limerence is there's usually a disconnect with the self as well as with others around them. Okay, they may be surrounded by friends and be really successful in life but still feel really, really lonely. Okay, and... Another thing to take note of is um, that lonely people tend to find themselves falling into limerence or being very prone to limerent behaviors. Then there's also emptiness, which goes hand in hand with loneliness. And this is usually also due to a disconnect that was mentioned earlier. And many limerents actually do not really have a very strong sense of meaning or purpose in their lives, which is why it leads to perpetual boredom or emptiness, which they then feel with, you know, thoughts and obsessions about other people. There's also shame, okay? 
So many Limeran people tend to feel a little bit embarrassed and ashamed of their behavior. Many think that they will be laughed at or people will think that they are weird if they reveal that they are actually Limeran for someone else or going through this thing called Limerans. So a lot of Limeran people actually do not divulge this side of themselves to other people, not even close friends. Okay, so there's a lot of self-isolation that, you know, bubbles up because of these uh, feelings of shame. And unfortunately, it actually feeds the fantasies even more. Okay, so it's this like kind of vicious cycle. There's this other emotion as well, which is self-hate. Um, the fact that they are limerent actually can make a limerent individual dislike themselves even more. Um, and I've also noticed that with limerent individuals, there's always this deep sense of feeling really small and really invisible, although they may be successful in different areas of their lives. Um, there's this constant feeling of not being accepted and not feeling like they belong to any kind of social group. And it's very mixed in with a I'm alone in this world sort of feeling. So it kind of, you know, boils um, down and goes back to that, you know, self-isolation thing that I talked about in the previous slide. And last but not least, ecstasy. Okay, this may sound really strange because this emotion is kind of on a very different spectrum, very different range from the previous um, eight emotions that I actually talked about. But limerent individuals tend to experience very um, extreme mood swings sometimes. So they can swing from being very... Um, low and being very anxious and very sad to suddenly experiencing an euphoric high. Um, and these highs actually occur when there has been some contact or engagement with their limerent object. Okay, um, and it also comes about when they are fantasizing about their limerent object. It is actually this euphoric high that makes their limerent fantasy so pleasurable that they keep coming back for more. It's like a really positive reinforcement that occurs in cycles. And this is also what makes limerence feel like you're on drugs, okay? And like most drugs, all drugs, um, there's actually really little reward for your fantasies as your relationship with your limerent object usually remains a one-sided mental fantasy. Okay, so then you cycle through these euphoric highs and you feel low again when you do not see your limerent object or they do not engage with you. And this emotional cycle repeats itself over and over again every single day. So my question to you is, do these emotions actually feel familiar to you? Okay, because sometimes as human beings, it can be very difficult for us to actually identify or put a word to the emotion that we are actually feeling because many of us are actually not really very in tune with our emotions. Okay, so this is actually a time to really think about if you actually feel these nine emotions, how frequently you feel them, and if you feel them on a daily basis. All right? So the question you should really be asking is, you know, do you actually really enjoy experiencing any of the above nine emotions, you know, on a frequent basis. Do you enjoy being in the middle of that euphoric high and then returning to that really low hopelessness, emptiness, loneliness that you also feel? Okay, um, you really need to ask yourself and, um, you know, be aware of how you feel 
And if those, you know, experiencing those mood swings actually makes you feel good, okay? The emotional volatility, the emotional roller coaster, does it actually really make you feel good? Okay. Um, and it's also time to actually really think about something that you really want. And for most Limeran people, they actually really, really want to be in a reciprocal, loving relationship where healthy, engaging love actually thrives between two people. Okay, but if you really want that kind of love or you really want that kind of relationship, understanding that, you know, being in a Limeran cycle, experiencing those nine emotions, it's going to be really hard to take you from limerence to love, at least at this point in time, all right? Because as long as you're stuck in this addictive, obsessive cycle that is limerence, as long as you keep up those mental patterns that fuel your limerence, you constantly go back to those fantasies about your limerent object, okay, you're obsessed about them. You think about them every single day, okay? They occupy every part of your brain all the time you remain emotionally unavailable for love, okay? And when you're emotionally unavailable, you tend to attract other emotionally unavailable people as well. It's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Okay, I talk about this more in my workshop, but most Limeran people are actually emotionally unavailable for love, okay? So, you know, when you're constantly stuck in this cycle, okay, this, this emotional kind of um, pattern, it's going to be hard, you know, it's going to be hard to break free, you know, of the cycle and, you know, you probably feel like you can never break free of it ever, right? So not only do you feel like you cannot break off from limerence episodes, but from what I've learned from my own experiences with limerence previously, each limerent episode will keep you even further away from the love that you desire. Okay, so keeping yourself in this Limerent cycle will actually cost you a healthy connection with yourself and with someone that could potentially actually love you back in the way that you actually want, okay? Because if that kind of love is what you really want, it's absolutely crucial that you start taking those steps today to break out of this limerent cycle. But let me show you how, okay? So back to Alexandra, how do we help her and you break free of limerence? So in my own healing journey, it's actually pretty critical to start with the three following points. So firstly, showing up for yourself. Secondly, reflecting on your own romantic beliefs and patterns. And the next thing is to examine your inner child. Um, I will focus on the first point for this um, video. As for many people, that is actually the easiest to make changes in. And those changes can actually lead to greater confidence in yourself. Okay, and help you build such a strong sense of self that you, you know, you feel like you, you can break off or break free from limerence. Okay, and through doing this, you start to immerse yourself more into your own life, to connect to yourself more into your own purpose um, even more. Okay. So this limerence episodes, you'll feel that after a while of this, you know, strong connection with yourself, it will start to fade away and you'll feel less of an attachment to your limerent objects. You will even wonder why you were so obsessed with them in the first place. Okay. So for those of you who are interested in point two, which is the reflection on your romantic beliefs and patterns, I actually have a workbook that can help you with this, which I've actually linked in the descri description down below. But 
okay, on to how you can actually start showing up for yourself today. How can you and Alexandra start doing that? So in limerence, a lot of your focus, your thoughts, your feelings revolve around the other person, okay? It's time to actually take that back, that focus, attention, and power, and put it back on the most important person in your life, which is actually you, okay? I want you to take out pen and paper now or wherever you do your best writing and thinking and start asking yourself these questions, okay, on this, um, on this page. What do you actually love doing? What have you always, always wanted to do but never really made the time for? Is it writing? Is it being out in nature? Is it exploring neighborhoods? Taking photos? What really ignites that fire in you? You know, in a really you know, amazing way that makes you come alive and sparks something within you, okay? What are your passions, your goals, your dreams? Who do you want to be? What makes you feel nostalgic, reminds you of your childhood, okay? What do you do so much of in childhood and your earlier years that you've completely lost touch with already? By the way, nostalgia is a very powerful method for connecting back to yourself. Okay, so when I was younger, okay, taking me as an example, I was an avid reader. Okay, I loved being out in nature. I loved observing the clouds, the plants, the insects, the sky. I loved painting. I loved looking at beautiful architecture and learning about ancient cultures. But (laughs) all of that fell by the wayside as I grew up. And by the time I found myself, you know, neck deep in limerence, I wasn't doing any of these things at all. Okay, instead I was wasting my time thinking of this guy who didn't even like me back, but I was, you know, obsessed with scrolling social media, stalking him on Facebook, um, searching up clues, you know, just a complete utter waste of my time. Okay, and when I started pivoting that attention that I had on him back onto me, okay, I started making time for my own hobbies. Okay, and that's the next step for you and Alexandra. Once you've identified a bucket list of things that you actually really love doing, that really lights that fire underneath you, you know, you start to actually make time for them. Okay, schedule that into your calendar. That is your next step. Okay, I know this sounds really unsexy and some people are like, oh, you know, why don't you need to actually schedule all these things in? But humans, okay, the human brain is kind of strange, okay? So the minute you don't schedule something in, it's actually thought of as not important by your brain, okay? And you'll notice that things that you actually do not schedule in, you end up not doing. So to make sure that you do it at least in the first couple of months of these exercise, schedule these activities in, you know, these points of connection into your calendar, This is what I do. So at 10.30 p.m. on my calendar, every single day, you will see the words wash up and read, okay? And I'll read actually for like half an hour, okay, before bed. Um, I will schedule in like, you know, half an hour of listening to ASMR or, you know, journaling or meditating and things like that, okay? My personal self-care. Don't worry about, you know, other people looking at your calendar and laughing, okay? Nobody cares, okay? No one cares. And they are not the ones leading your life. You are, okay? So once you schedule it in, You show up and by doing so, you are making and keeping promises to yourself, okay? You're giving yourself permission to have fun, to heal, and to reconnect with you. Okay, so start doing this every single day, okay? Showing up for yourself and I promise you, you will start to see shifts in your life, 
okay, in where you put your focus. Gradually, your limerent object, they will no longer matter. No longer matter. Okay, you'll find that you no longer think about them. You can't even remember when was the last time you actually thought about them. Okay, of course, there's also still work around your habits, your patterns, your self-worth and things like that. But by doing this simple exercises daily and reconnecting yourself, you and Alexandra, okay, will gradually feel a transformation that, you know, happens within you. Okay, these nine emotions that we talked about earlier, they won't occur so frequently anymore. And if they do, it's with much less intensity. So I'm really excited for you and the changes you're going to see in your life. Okay, limerence is something that you can totally heal from. Okay, it's not impossible at all. I'm living proof of it. And if you've tried the exercise, let me know how it goes in the comments. Okay, so I've also linked two important resources down in the description. So the first is my book on how to break up with limerence and romantic obsession. I actually go through various strategies that you can use to end limerence and also go into the whys. So why limerence occurs to people, the psychological and environmental ingredients that contribute to limerence. And I also touch on the neurological addictive part of limerence that not many people talk about. Okay, and another resource that I have is a limerence workshop that I recently ran. So if you're on my email list, you get to submit your questions and I address them personally in these workshops. They're around two hours long, you know, different questions answered and you get lifetime access. And the links to this are in the description. Okay, so once again, thanks guys and I will see you soon in the next video.